Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. I'm going to go after honor. Honor is a core value of ours. And I wanted to, to name the title of this sermon, Honoring the Enemy. Honoring the Enemy. I thought that would just get some tension in there. I love it. And, I, you know, if I, if I think about it, I don't have any enemies in life. I would never look at someone and say, they're my enemy. But I do have a bunch of moments where there's tension. And that can be in almost any relationship that we have. It could be people that we don't know and there's tension because we believe different things. Or maybe it's someone who's super close and there's moments of great tension because there's, there's hurt and there's pain and there's, there's fear and there's shame. Moments of tension, that's what I want to go after today, these, how do we honor in those moments? And honor is this, this aspect of love, but it's different than intimacy or trust because intimacy and trust is really built. It's something that you, you build with one another, but honor is something that you fall back on that's always there. Honor, you can honor everyone. It is the baseline standard of I will show honor because that's what God is like. He shows honor. It doesn't mean I have trust with this person and it doesn't mean I have intimacy or connection. We might, but honor is something you fall back on. We will show honor. And that honor comes from they're created in the image and likeness of God. Every single person on the planet is created in the image and likeness of God, and that is something to honor. No matter what, no matter their choices, they are someone to honor because they are created in the image of God. Even in the midst of feeling like, oh, there's deep tension, or it feels like they're the enemy. And I want to show you this. In Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were at our worst, there's this level of honor said, you know, I look at you, you have value. You have significance. Maybe maybe we didn't even have connection with God in those moments. Obviously, we were sinners before Jesus. But he saw us and said, there's something significant about you. You are valuable. It is something, this baseline standard of honor. And it goes on because there's some pretty interesting verbiage here. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were enemies, while we were enemies, that's strong language here. Like, wow. That's where he's talking about We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Wow, while we were enemies, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That is this, this honor says, even if you don't have intimacy and connection or have not built trust, I will fall back on this level of honor. Everyone gets it. Isn't that amazing? So this is kind of, honestly, this is the simple part. This is the easy part. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's driven from this unconditional love of the heart of God that says, everyone I see is lovable. Everyone, every single person, unconditional love, and it really is this unconditional honor. But this principle, if I was sitting in your chair, I'm like, yeah, I got that. Easy. How many people agree with honor? Everyone. Everyone. 
But as, as I've been kind of breaking it down, I've realized, man, I'm on my own journey. And if I really break it down into some different things, the principle is really easy for me. It's in practice that I'm realizing, whew, I'm on a journey here. And I want to really preach something that's maybe the most discouraging thing you could hear today about honor. I just want to be really discouraging and how far we fall short and how I've fallen short with honor. And I want to dig, dig into kind of some connection codes concepts that I really think exemplify honor. And that really is, do we regard people or do we disregard people? It's a really, it's a big piece of honor because in honor, someone who's sitting and feeling like, I feel honored, or maybe they're feeling they feel, I, I feel dishonored. It really goes back to, do they feel like they exist when you're around? Do they feel like they matter? Like they're significant, like they're valuable? Maybe we don't have a level of deep connection. I can't be deeply connected to everyone, but do they feel like, I exist when they're around me. Do they feel like I'm still valuable and I'm still significant? That's this baseline honor that we want to hit with every single person who walks through the door, no matter their choices. Are you getting this? So these are connection codes concepts, but I want to kind of break down what this means a little bit. Regarding someone is... You know, if they, if they walk in, again, they're, they're feeling like they exist. I'm not, ignore, I'm not ignoring them. I'm, I'm warm and friendly. And if they communicate, I want to hear them out. I want to hear what they're really going through, their emotions. I want to be able to really hear and, and really see that emotion and not just throw it away or... Um, not really care, and, and we do, we disregard people by so many ways, and, and I am, I'm on my own journey in this. Sometimes it's, you know, if they're communicating, I might interject and be like, well, well that, you think that's bad. Let me tell you what's really bad. Have you ever heard that before? I'm sorry if I did that to you. Um, <clears throat> or, you know, like, you just get so, like, oh, let me share my story instead, and the focus becomes, and you leave almost like, well, you kind of ignored what's really going on inside of me. You, you didn't hear what was, you didn't get far enough into what I was trying to share. Or maybe it's, um, maybe it's being defensive. I'm going to break that open. You know, it's someone's sharing an emotion and, and, and you hear this, well, no, that's not my heart. Like, you got it wrong. <sighs> we disregard people by being defensive or trying to assure them not to feel that. Um, that happens a lot, especially in Christian cultures, right? It's like, ooh, I'm feeling, you know, fear about this. And it's like, well, don't feel fear. We're not supposed to have fear. Or, man, I just feel shame right now. I feel shame that I'm not enough. I, you know, and, and in Christianity, it's like, well, don't feel shame. Don't. And, and trying to reassure you not to feel that. But really what happens is that person goes away feeling like, you didn't see or hear what I'm really feeling. I don't feel empathy there. I feel like you're disregarding me. And you're, you're just trying to tell me the right answer. You're not really trying to care about me. Whew. I've never done that, but. No, I'm a constant guilty party of that, and I'm, I'm, I'm on a journey. And I think this is the beauty of all being on the journey together, <laughs> is that, man, we're, we can just, 
walk through it together, and, and there's challenges, and we can communicate about the challenges, and it's beautiful, I think. Um, but we can regard people by really being present, really seeing them, seeing what they're going through, hearing, um, and not disregarding them. And so what are the, the big challenges of this? I want to go to the book of Daniel. If you have your Bibles, go to the book of Daniel. And again, I, I'm going to cover honoring enemies. And again, don't, don't take it as literal enemies. Of I don't have many literal enemies. But those, think of it in the moments of tensions. The moments of tension. And in the book of Daniel, I'm going to start in chapter 2. We see the Israelites are facing maybe their greatest villain of all time. Maybe. It's debatable. But this is one of the greatest villains, one of the greatest enemies of all time, and it is King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar is the one who conquered Jerusalem twice. And the second time, he burned down the temple. This is like the pride of the Israelites. The temple that Solomon built, he destroyed it. And he took most all of them into captivity, into exile. This is, this is like one of the darkest moments in the Israelites' history. It is dark. And you can imagine if you're in that place of an Israelite being taken into captive, every, your world is destroyed. What emotions would you feel? Anger. Deep shame, deep hurt, fear of what is this king going to do? I mean, this guy's a madman. He's, he's crazy. And he just conquered the entire nation. And it's, it's almost like if you imagine, maybe this is dishonoring. Oh, man, this is a horrible example. But if Putin destroyed America and took everyone into captivity in Russia, what would we be feeling? Yes, anger and hurt and shame and just like our world would be so dark, right? And then he takes a few of you and maybe you and he says, all right, come serve in my courts. And then he says, oh, I have a big need right now, a really big need. And his need was this. He wanted someone to, he had a dream and he wanted someone to not only figure out what the dream was without him telling anyone, but then he wanted someone to interpret it, which is impossible unless you have God. And Daniel had God with him, and so he gets a, a vision in the night, finds out what the dream was, and then he goes and interprets the dream. It is the dream of the statue. There's different layers to different kingdoms to come. He interprets it. It's going to be the kingdom of God that lasts forever. Do you guys remember this story? Okay. So this is where we pick up uh, in Daniel 2.45. And Daniel just interpreted it, and this is what he says. <clears throat> the great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God, this is important, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, 
for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Now, what stands out to me is this is in the midst of Daniel probably having intense emotion. Showing honor in the midst of incredibly intense emotions. Incredibly hurt. Tons of fear probably. Tons of shame over the nation of Israel being taken captive. I mean, he had to put down a lot in order to say, I will serve in your courts and I will honor you and and meet your need. It doesn't mean that Nebuchadnezzar built this trust and and this great connection. They They were friends and playing all the time together. But he showed honor. He met that need. I, I think that's amazing. And this is one of the challenges that I faced. Uh, I'm, I'm on the journey of connection codes, and this is where I've probably failed the most. What happens when we are trying to honor, but we feel the tension and we feel hurt? I feel lots of hurt. What do we do in those moments? And Emily and I have been on a wonderful journey of connection codes. It is wonderful and beautiful and, and painful at times <laughs> and horrible, but it, it is more than so many other things in life. I think connection codes has been such a huge blessing. Um, it's really changed our relationship. So much good fruit to it. It's just been a godsend, really. It, it's been amazing. But there's tension along the way and there is, there's progress we're trying to make within it. And I remember this moment where she was sharing some, I think, some hurts and some fears uh, about me, something I did, and, and I had hurt her, and she felt fear over. I think, I think it was something I would, I would judge her for. And I was sitting there, and this thing started to rise up within me. And it was, it was this defensiveness of saying, that's not my heart. You got me wrong. You are wrong in that. You know, like, has anyone else ever been defensive ever? Okay. And, and that, was, that, was, this is, that was a cycle for me, right? Like, being defensive, especially over my own heart, is a big deal. Because I have so much, like, belief and, and in my own heart. No, my heart's good. You don't understand. You don't see accurately. My heart is right. And so there's something that hits me really wrong. And and I responded with defensiveness, and it was just like, no, you're wrong. You need to understand my heart. And everything was perfect. She understood. And um, Unfortunately not. When we, and when I responded in, in defensiveness, it, it's funny because it never seems to be the result that I want. You know, responding in defensiveness never resulted in her, like, totally understanding, oh, that's not your heart, okay. (laughs) We we are so connected now. Thank you, Daniel. That's always what I think in my mind will happen, but that's never what happens, um, unfortunately. Um, And so I didn't ooh very well. Ooing is just this this audible response of, ooh, I hear that. I hear that you feel hurt by me, and I hear that you feel 
you, you feel some fear. I didn't ooh very well. I responded in defensiveness. I really disregarded her and her experience because, well, she was wrong, <laughs> right? And so, but that didn't work out. You know, being defensive doesn't work out. Um, interesting point, honor doesn't mean agreement. Really important. Honor does not mean agreement. And sometimes um, I've, I've often thought truth is more important than empathy. Like, if you just knew the truth of my heart, that would be more powerful than me showing empathy. And now I'm beginning to kind of question that, where empathy is probably a lot more important. It doesn't mean truth is unimportant, and I'm going to get to that, but empathy, especially beginning with empathy, so much more important than truth. Um, and so I'm, I'm realizing the quickest path for Emily to really understand my heart in those moments is to, to ooh her, to just see, uh, allow her to be seen and heard. And what happens even, you know, as as we're learning connection codes, is the emotions that we have in our brain, the only way for those to get out are for emotions to feel seen and heard. The only way that those emotions can get really out of us, her emotion of hurt and fear, the result I wanted for that to truly get out of her, it needs to be seen and heard. And so if she's trying to communicate hurt and fear, even if I feel like it's wrong, if I don't see that, it's not going to come out. And so if I respond in defensiveness, that's just going to stay inside of her. She might even feel more hurt. She might feel more fear because it's not actually getting out. But if it's seen and heard, then that emotion can get out. Is this making sense? So defensiveness does not work. It just doesn't work. And, and just telling her, trying to re reassure her, well, that's not the truth. That doesn't get the emotion out either. You're, you're wrong. You, you should just, just know the, tr the truth. And we do this on, on so many different levels, right? Just let me try and reassure you of the truth, and that will help you. But that's what, not what the emotion needs. The emotion doesn't car care about right or wrong. The emotion cares about being seen and heard. That's how it comes out. And this is really important because emotions are at the core of either deeply connecting or we move away from it. We e either deeply connect because of emotion or it, it destroys connection. And so if that emotion of hurt and fear stays in her, stays in her brain, it's actually causing disconnection. But if it comes out and I, and I just hear it, oh, I hear that, I see that, that's gonna cause deep connection. So emotion's so important, so, so important. So what do we need? Just like those moments with Daniel, um, this is what I'm trying to learn. This is, this is my thought within it, is it needs moments of radical and a spike of humility. A spike of humility. I was, I was in worship. This is not in my notes, but I, it's a great example of Jesus, the, the last night with his disciples, decides, you know, this is in the midst of, you know, you're going to die. He knows he's going to die. He's probably feeling tons of emotions. And he chooses that moment to say, I'm going to put that down, and I'm going to wash my disciples' feet. 
wow, what a moment of just radical humility to say, whatever's going on inside of me, I'm going to lay down. Because what was really happening with me and my defensiveness is I feel hurt. And I realized that in that moment. The reason there's something stirring up in me is I'm feeling a lot of hurt and I'm feeling fear of what she's thinking. And I'm feeling lots of emotions and that's what's getting in the way. And so we have to take that and have a moment of radical humility, a spike in humility to say, okay, I'm going to put that to the side so I can hear what's going on. Is this making sense? Okay. So we need a spike of humility. Um, and that can create a space for them to really feel seen and heard. That emotion can come out. And then she can understand my heart a whole lot better once that emotion is out. Okay. And this is what I believe Daniel did. Um, I think he had to put down, lay down a lot of what was happening inside of him to honor. All right, but the story continues. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebi, he, uh, he made this, this idol, this gold idol, and he, yeah, Nebi. Um, and he wanted people to worship this gold idol. And um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided we can't do that. And I want to show the other side because there's tension. If I only hear, lay down everything, lay down what's going on inside of you, there's almost tension, but both sides are important. And this is the story I want to illustrate with that is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a boundary inside of them. So we're not going to worship this idol. Like, we will, we will serve in your courts. We're not going to be disrespectful, but we're also not going to worship an idol. That would, that would create guilt and shame inside of us, and, and look, we're not going to choose that. But they were honoring in the midst of it. And Nebi, Nebi gets kind of angry at that, orders the furnace to be seven times hard, hotter. His, uh, his soldiers are throwing them in, and they die because it's so hot. And says that Nebuchadnezzar jumps to his feet as he sees that there's four, of, four people in there now. And they're walking around in the fire. And obviously they, they come out and Jesus was in the fire in the midst of it. Completely unsinged and they are, they are fine. And, and he again, he gives glory to their God. Amazing. But I love that because both sides are so important. Yes, we need moments where we're, there's a spike in humility where it's like, okay, I want to hear and see everything going on inside of you. But after that, I want to share my side too. Because there's something going on inside of here and often we disregard what's happening with us. And that's a major <sighs> bummer. It's a bummer. And, and these are the two things I've, I've uh, majorly failed at in my own life and I want to share how I failed. I've definitely failed definitely failed with being defensive so much, and I'm working on that, and that's with the other person. With me, though, I'm, I'm horrible at just disregarding what's going on inside of me, and there's a few ways I, I've done that historically. One is I've, I've really devalued what's happening inside of me. I've devalued and just said, well, it's unimportant. I'm not important enough. 
I, I remember I was in fifth grade. I think I was going into sixth grade. And I loved football. Loved, loved, loved football. It was just, I, I loved football and basketball. Sports were my thing. And I really wanted to play football so badly. So, so badly. And I remember one of my parents coming to me and saying, okay, like, you could play football, but it's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to cost over $100 just for the equipment, and then we would have to sign you up as well. And I didn't say, I didn't respond, but inside I'm like, it was a huge joy experience for me. Thinking about playing football, I so wanted to play. But... I felt shame and fear like, that's a lot of money. And I felt like, I'm not worthy enough for that. I'm not, I'm not enough. And so I responded, oh, it's okay. It's okay, I, I don't have to, that's a lot of money. And I walked away super sad. My emotions, I disregarded my emotions and I said, oh, well, you know, the, the joy that I would feel, that's not important enough. And really, I went away feeling like I'm not important enough. I'm not valuable enough. I disregarded my own emotions because I didn't feel like it was valuable enough. <sighs> the sad thing is if I would have shared, if I would have been like, I have lots of joy thinking about playing football, and I would be, feel sad not to. They would immediately be like, all right, let's sign you up. The, there was no fault of their own. It was, I just didn't show up for me. I didn't share what was happening inside of me. I disregarded myself. So sometimes I disregard myself because I feel like I'm not valuable enough. This emotion isn't valuable enough. I've also disregarded myself because I feel like, oh, I shouldn't have this emotion. And some examples of that are with my son. Um, if I feel hurt or angry, immediately I'm like, I shouldn't feel that. It's my son. The only thing I should ever feel with Noah is unconditional love <laughs> and extreme love for him. That's the only thing I should ever feel. So if I ever feel hurt or angry, I shouldn't. And then when I feel it, I feel tons of guilt and shame. This is wrong. I shouldn't be feeling hurt or angry. It's my son. I shouldn't be feeling this way. So I disregard it. I shove it down. Instead of allowing myself to just see and, and sit in that, okay, I do feel hurt and I do feel angry. And, and letting that emotion come out, I, I disregard it. I try to shove it to the side and be like, no, I should just feel love. But then that tension is still there and it never gets dealt with. Last way I've done it, there's probably other ways, but sometimes I feel like um, when an emotion is factually incorrect, I disregard it. And this happens a lot, um, I think, and it, just with people's relationship with God. My hurt from God is factually incorrect. He's perfect. How could he truly hurt me? He's never failed a single time. I shouldn't feel hurt by God. That's factually incorrect. Or there's times where it's like, this happened with Elijah, where I felt hurt. Sorry, I didn't 
get confirmation I could share this. Um, <laughs> but there was a time that I felt hurt with Elijah, and I factually, I knew 100% that was not his heart. It was not, and it wasn't. So I knew I was factually incorrect with that hurt. And it's very easy in those moments to just tell my emotion over and over and over, don't feel that, that's incorrect. But that doesn't do anything. And so I think that time I did do it correctly, and I went and I shared, and I was like, I feel fear and guilt, and even I know this isn't even correct, but I feel hurt. He's a connection coder, so he ooed me, and it got out, and we, feel, we felt connected through it. But there's so many times where it's like, I know I'm wrong here. Has anyone else felt that? Is it just me? Whether it's, I know I'm factually incorrect, or I shouldn't feel this, or we don't feel like it's valuable enough, we can disregard it, and it doesn't get dealt with. The problem with this is, like I mentioned, emotion is at the core of either connecting with people or disconnecting with people. So if we want to deeply connect with people, it is sharing it and then allowing that to be seen. That connects people. If, if it's just sitting inside of our brain, it disconnects us. Super important. The other thing I, I, I want to throw out there is from Brene Brown. This is, this is just interesting to me. She says this, we judge in areas where we're most susceptible to shame. And we judge people who are doing worse than we are at in those areas. We judge where we're most susceptible to shame. So if we're not dealing with what's happening on the inside of us, it just, it comes out. If we disregard it, oof. She also says this, staying out of judgment means we are being aware of where we are the most vulnerable to our own shame, our own struggle. The good news is that we don't judge in areas where we feel a strong sense of self-worth and grounded confidence. So the more that we build, the more that we let go of judgment. The more that we let go of judgment. Wow. So if we have that, that self-worth, that confidence, we really don't judge in those areas. Isn't that deeply convicting? I told you it was a discouraging <laughs> message. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to land this plane pretty soon here. Um, let's go back to the story with, with Nevi, good old Nevi. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, in Daniel 4, um, he has another dream. It gets interpreted. It's kind of a bad interpretation. It's of this tree. It gets cut down. It's, he's going to go insane for seven years. He does. Then he comes back to his, to his senses. And this is what's really interesting, because this is the greatest enemy maybe of all time for the Israelites. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever, his dominion and an eternal dominion. And then if you drop down, this is Daniel 4:37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. It transitioned. At the beginning, he was saying, you're God. And now it transitioned to I, Nebuchadnezzar, exalt and praise to God. And I, I don't know if, 
this was a true full conversion, but something transitioned. Something changed in his heart. And I believe honor was a big part of this. Maybe they didn't have, you know, the connection and trust, but they honored him. They said there is this, this standard of honor that no matter who you are, we will, we will have this honor towards you and meet your need. That's amazing. That turned into maybe one of the greatest conversions of all time. It's powerful stuff. Really, really powerful stuff. And I do believe that this, this concept of connection codes is really a big part of honor. Are we regarding people and their experience, or are we disregarding them? Because if we disregard them, they will go away feeling like, I'm not important to you. I'm not valuable to you. I, I, I don't really matter. My emotions don't really matter. And when they see, see that, they're not going to be changed. They're, we're not going to be able to speak truth into their life if they don't first feel heard and seen. And it goes back to a wonderful quote from Teddy Roosevelt. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I, I do, I, I fully believe there, there is truth that changes people's hearts. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. There, there is a repentance, there is a changing of belief, but it first has to be met with radical empathy that says we see you and we care about you. And that's what's most important. That becomes the priority over empathy over truth, which is there's tension in that for me because I've lived my whole life like just telling the truth. And truth is important, but they won't listen to that until they truly feel honored. Just like Nebuchadnezzar, there is radical conversions that can happen, radical transformation, but that first happens with this, I want to see you and hear what you're going through. Why don't you stand with me? I want to pray over our journeys. <laughs> I, I am so thankful for our journey and connection codes and, and hearing people out, seeing people, honoring them. But what a journey it is. <laughs> I want to first pray over our um, defensiveness or, or the thing that stirs up. And I, I just pray that we could, um, well, let's, let's get in prayer. God, I, I pray. <clears throat> that you would remind us of those, those areas where we feel most tension stir up inside of us. Maybe those moments of great emotion and tension. Maybe we feel hurt or shame or fear of what people think. God, I, I pray that you would um, remind us of those moments where we are most susceptible to that, emotion taking over. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would give us a courage and boldness to in those moments embrace radical humility to first lay down what's inside of us. Radical humility to, to say, you know, I want to listen with greater passion than I want to be heard. To first listen. I pray for a courage and boldness and self-control 
to be able to do that. And I want to go after something I feel right now, just as we're in this space. If you felt disregarded by God, if you felt like your emotions don't matter to God, maybe you've disregarded yourself because you feel like, well, I, I, I know I'm wrong with God. He's unconditional love. But you know what? He still cares. And so I just pray an opportunity right now, if you feel disregarded by God, that you would take that emotion and just lift it right up to him. Maybe you feel hurt or fear or shame or sad. And just show him that emotion. Communicate it to him. God, I feel, I feel hurt. That didn't work out like I wanted. I feel hurt. I just pray that you would feel the, the love of God that just says, I see that, I hear that. Maybe you've disregarded your, your own emotions because you don't feel valuable enough. I just pray, Lord, break that off us. That we would know that our emotions are important, even if we shouldn't feel them or if they're, we know that they're wrong. They're still important. And they're an amazing tool to connect with the people around us and connect with you. I just pray for those moments, even this next week, that we could use emotions well that emotions would be to our benefit and not our detriment. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, have a wonderful day. I love you guys. Thanks for being on this journey. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.